in eons long past, a dangerous lich threatened the safety of the land. Except for one day, when a party of bumbling fools managed to catch him off guard and end him, but not completely. Now, it is up to his disgruntled magical items, once adventurers themselves, to finish the job. This is the Lich's Horde. That's stayed. <laughs> Welcome back to Systems for round two of the playtest of the Lich's Horde. That's right. We're back after last episode of working through this uh, one-shot TTRPG that I, Aaron, wrote. Let's go ahead and start it out with a little bit of a recap. Um, first off, uh, a reintroduction of the characters. Uh, Trent, remind us who you were playing as. I I am a belt. More specifically, the emboldening belt of personality. I, I work very hard, very diligently to uh, make sure people do the stupidest things with the utmost confidence. Perfect. And Matt, reintroduce yourself. I'm the fleet-handed Pontiard of opulence. I make people feel very, very selfish things. And you have a... Uh, a uh, piece of quartz on on the end of the dagger right (laughs) (laughs) it's a ruby hilt it's very very centrally important to my character (laughs) why i don't know but it is (laughs) and uh special guest jeremy reintroduce yourself hello i am jeremy (laughs) and i play the uh i play the aromatic glass of intuition and i help people understand their instincts and i uh, also help them smell the things that they desire most and other things <laughs> yeah currently you are in the hands of these two uh people and the dark hooded figure uh says now what was what was your name again uh you ambitious ambitious rogue and the halfling says I've uh, I've decided that I want to go by my last name from now on. Now that I'm joining the Dark Brotherhood, so uh, you can call me Mr. Fleetfoot. The the hooded figure says, "Well, that's very strange, but as uh, as you will, Mr. Fleetfoot. You'll come with me. Our plans uh, we must we must haste because the Dark Brotherhood's hour is soon at nigh." Hey, Rube. You should, like, try to get up with the rogue, then he'll be fleet of hand and foot. (laughs) You know, maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to be part of the Assassin's Brotherhood or the Thieves Guild here. Yeah, yeah. I could could see that working out pretty good for you. They sound like quite an unruly lot. Remind me again, what did you guys name the diadem? Carl. Carl. With a K. 
<laughs> with a K. Dang, it's more chaotic than I realized. How many L's? Just one. Just one? Okay. Okay. How many A's? Is it Carl or is it Carl? It's just Carl. Well, Car- Carl pipes up and he's like, Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, joining the Thieves Guild is actually a great plan. And it's m- that was my plan, too. So you're welcome, guys. We're all on the same side here. Well, I mean, we should still probably try to resort to returning to our normal stuff. I'm just saying, if things don't work out, there's worse fates. And the the hooded figure escorts Mr. Fleetfoot, uh, you know, through a dark alley and knocks three times on a on what seems to be just a wall. But the panel is pulled back and it's a secret door and they they walk down into, you know, a hidden hidden entrance into the sewers and there are other hooded figures in there and they they walk into a room where there there's candles arranged in the room and there are a few figures that are that are slowly chanting and mr fleetfoot is like oh is uh is this where i get my nice new hood and the other figure says ah yes of course anyone who joins our evil cult of darkness must be properly adorned and he goes to grabs another dark hood and he puts it on and soon mr fleetfoot is pretty much indistinguishable from everybody else in the room except for his short stature man i really like the colony smell like (laughs) god it smells as good as you can expect from a uh sewer lair hey carl uh, yeah. Yeah? What do you, uh, remember about that, uh, ritual that we gotta do to become human again? Well, I... Um... The thing is... I don't think I really remember anything about it. The tone of your voice doesn't lend me to believe that you're actually telling the truth, dude. Like, come on. What? what? I, I, I... How could you even think that I'm... Now be reasonable, Carl. Just tell us. Listen, I know that the ritual needs to be done within 24 hours. Um, Wait, no. It doesn't need to be done within 24 hours. It needs to be done 24 hours after the death. Yeah, that's right. Uh, And with the rise of the sun comes comes the, you know, the the rise again of Akator. And, uh... You can go back to, uh, you know, pulling the strings behind the scene, you know, bringing darkness into this world and, and whatnot. Are you saying you want Akator to rise again? What? I have a question. So, you know, we're 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 all. I'm I'm confused. Are we're like people, right? You were people, yes. Jeremy, how does your power work? My so. When people use me, I enhance their sense of um, instinct. Um, However, there is a magical effect that when I am in someone's hands, I can help them smell things. Oh, okay. I wanted to see if you could try to emit a scent that would help us understand what (laughs) Carl wants. (laughs) I don't think I can influence Carl at all. Okay. Um, So... I think I was asking, oh, that's right. I was talking to Carl about, I was, I was, uh, because Carl, I'm going to get back into situation. You mentioned, 
You, you mentioned that uh, you said that with the rise of the sun comes the rise of Akator again. Is there any way for us to, let's say, make sure the sun does not rise for Akator? I mean, well, obviously, I agree with you guys that that's what we should do because I want to uh, return to a, you know, body of flesh that, you know, will grow old and die. So I think maybe, oh, you know, the volcano outside, you know, like 50 miles away from this city. Uh, if you guys go there, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. There there's there's a, a secret artifact that could stop the, the ritual from from going through. Like what? This is just me being curious at this point. But like, what what is the ritual like? If like you seem to, I mean, like you know, know kind of what's going on. Like, what does this ritual like look like? You know, what's it, what's it like composed of? You know, because like at this point, I'm just kind of curious. You know, a, a group of people gathers together in the right formation, saying the right words at the right location, at the right time. You know, it's it's a ritual. You, uh, meanwhile, while this is happening. The chanting continues by the other cultists in the room, and there's uh, a moat of fire appears uh, on the wall, and it's slowly expanding in into a, a little circle of flame that, uh, right now it's the size of a coin, but it's slowly increasing in size. Um, well, uh, anyway, uh... <coughs> It's it's probably fine. You, you, honestly, like, why would the uh, why would these people even know uh, how to perform such a ritual? Like, it's you you guys can probably just relax because I doubt it'll even really happen. Oh. <laughs> um, and then you you hear because you guys all have a telepathic connection together. You hear Carl say, "Hey, uh." Dark Scary Cultist, you know what would be in your best self-interest is uh, if you res- if you looked into your dark tomes to see if there's a ritual that you could you could perform that would be you know important to do in, in this time. And the the uh, you guys see the the cultist who's like hmm. and he like rubs his chin and then he goes over to a, to a little shelf that's on the side of this room and and starts starts looking through the the books that they have there. Hey, uh, Carl, you're on speakerphone. <laughs> <laughs> Carl. Hey. Carl's like, I forgot you guys can hear me. Hey, hey, dark, scary guy. You know, who cares about this sort of transaction that was going to take place, right? You've got the you've got the rogue here. You've got all of his stuff. Why not just take him out of the picture? Um. So you're tempting him to kill the rogue? Yes. Interesting. Oh, I suppose that's something that, yes, would be, uh, you know, enhanced by dexterity. So he, you know, in trying to do the, in trying to fulfill both temptations at the same time, he, he's holding a book in one hand uh, and, and uh, stalking over towards the rogue and, and uh, reaching into his pocket for spell components with the other hand. I'm going to emit a puff of smoke. <laughs> Poof. <laughs> a cloud of smoke. Okay. 
May I, I would like to betray my bearer, mostly because the thing that I'm planning on doing and is not for his own best interest. But I, I, I want, like, I want it to serve two purposes. So here's, here's my idea, right? I want to, I'm gonna tempt my bearer, who is the rogue and a new member of this cult, to make an acceptance speech to like interrupt the ritual. But it is gonna leave him like totally open to being backstabbed by the hooded, by the hooded uh, figure. Interesting. Okay. You know what I mean? So like, my, my hope is that like. So you're creating a distraction. I'm creating a distraction for the. Yeah. For the chanting cultists, but also for the the rogue himself. Yes. Okay. I feel like this will work really nicely with Matsum assassination yes. attempt. For the current challenge that's about to take place, Glass, what would you like to do? I am not entirely sure of everyone's motivations here. So I think I'm gonna watch and see. I'm most interested in seeing how Carl behaves. Yes. Pulling back open my one sheet, one page rule sheet. So steps determining a re- determining result of a contest. GM sets the stage, hinting at what each NPC will try to, to do. Okay, the hooded figure approaches the rogue, uh, seeming intent on attacking, but also at a disadvantage because he's also uh, trying to find something from the uh, from the tome at the same time being pulled in two different directions. And there's a puff of smoke. Yes, there's a there's a puff of smoke concealing, you know, kind of filling the room, p- perhaps uh, providing some sort of uh, cover to what's about to happen. The rogue grabs a couple of uh, ancient and forbidden tomes and sets them on the ground and sta- stands on them with his dirty boots and <laughs> clears his throat. The cultists at the same time uh, continue their chanting. Now, players have already stated their intentions, unless anybody wants to make any last minute differences. Okay. Contest groups are determined. So this one, I think, this one might count as a scrap, which is nice because we've already demonstrated one-on-one combat and team contests. So scrap is when there's at least three sides. Okay. And uh, the results of a scrap is that the highest, whichever NPC score rolls the highest, once you add modifiers and whatnot, wins. Everybody else in the fight loses, and those who either targeted or were targeted by the highest score NPC are destroyed. So, let's see. This surprise attack from the hooded figure is going to be using dexterity, which is not his number one stat, so instead of rolling what? <laughs> he was a D8. His number one stat was spook. <laughs> what? So he'll be rolling a D6, but with a minus two as he is greatly distracted and trying to multitask at this moment. Uh, but he's all he's also going to be aided by Matt's die. And Matt, what's your what's your value right now? I have not. I've only rolled before. Yeah, I have not been able to advance much. So party one to this fight, the hooded figure will be rolling D6 plus D4 minus two. Um, second is gonna be the the good old little guy, uh, Mr. Fleetfoot, who he is, well, I guess what he's doing is a charisma thing. Yeah. And he is primarily a dexterity guy. So he's not gonna be rolling great. He's normally a D6, so he'll be rolling a D4 because he's not rolling with his prime stat. He's also, there's a a bit of a sneak attack going on towards him, so I'm going to give him a minus one. But he's being assisted by a, I believe, D4, right? It's just a D2. Oh, by a D2. 
I've, I've yet to find someone whose uh, bravado is useful. <laughs> yes. Um, and then third, we're going to have a good old roll for the cultists as a group. I'm just going to consider them as one NPC here. And they are, this is going to be a D8, no modifiers. First, Matt, why don't you roll the D6 plus D4 minus two for the, for the hooded figure? D6 plus D4 minus two? Yeah. As soon as I can get my D4 out of its little D4 hole. Okay, that's a four. A four, okay. Party two in this fight, Mr. Fleetfoot. Uh, go ahead and Trent, roll us the D4 minus one plus a D2. It's three, two, minus one. So three, five, four. Four, oh, that's a tie, okay. And can you roll the D8 for the cultists during the ritual? Eight. Eight. Okay. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so, uh. interesting. Okay. So this means, so the highest score NPC is the cultists as a group. So they're going to win. Everybody else loses in what they're trying to do. Those who targeted or were targeted by the highest score NPC are destroyed. So only the, only Mr. Fleetfoot is going to be destroyed. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Socially destroyed. <laughs> Or, or, you know, emulated, whatever happens. So what happens is uh, the hooded figure stalks towards Mr. Fleetfoot, but Mr. Fleetfoot jumps up on his sack of books and he, he starts to say, I have something to say to this group. All my life, I've been looked down upon, partially because of my stature, but also partially because of my personality. And I'm happy to finally be here with a group of people but as he's talking he gets a little bit frustrated because these guys aren't listening to him they just they just keep on chanting and this little circle of flame that was the size of a coin and now grows the size of a ball and then size of a hoop like the hoop and stick you saw kids playing earlier on the street and then <laughs> it, as it grows bigger you you see it's a it's a portal into a hell realm and through the portal steps through a gigantic pit fiend that's right the hooded figure is distracted as he sees the, this mighty creature step out of the portal and, and all of the cultists go down to their knees and it, it, it steps out and it, it says, I hunger. And it reaches out and grabs the, uh, grabs Mr. Fleetfoot who's standing up on his, on his little, little pedestal of books and it, and it uh, ha has, has a little halfling snack. And uh, right. I'll just I'll just add Mr. Fleetfoot to my uh, resume of previous employers. <laughs> and uh, yeah, what what happens to Trent? Uh, the pit fiend is is crunching away on, on this halfling body, and then you know feels something kind of stuck in his teeth, and and pulls the belt out, and uh, it it in his hand grows from halfling size to to demon size, and he he puts it on. He kind of looks and he's like, is, it, is this working for me? Is it working? And he kind of he kind of turns and he, he he looks at his butt and he's like, I think it's working for me. The, the, the belt, the belt that actually shrinks. Once he's got it clasped, it shrinks a little bit to like suck his waist in a bit. <laughs> like, and, then, and they are like, you got to get, you just get like the, the rock on, rock on fingers on the buckle. Nice. Uh, flame kind of like stamps go around the leather. And the cultists who are bowing before him say, Yes, Lord. Yes, it's working. It's working. Oh yeah, guys. I feel like so. I feel so cool right now. Is the is the voice working? I feel like I should like I'm with the demon now. Like I feel like. 
are you is is the uh is the emboldening belts of personality also a social chameleon is that's what going on i suppose i suppose so the hooded figures uh, you know are bowing before this pit fiend and saying yes lord you look fat but with a ph (laughs) (laughs) i uh i think this plan of ours is uh going poorly thus far (laughs) which which plan do you speak of um one to just turn back into human. I think things are getting a little off the rail here. I think I think that's a goal more than a plan, if you ask me. Okay, well, my plan is to turn back into a human. Uh, and then, uh, for your snark, my plan is to find you, but we'll get to that later. Hey, uh, mis- Mr. Hooded Figure, uh, Carl here, uh... Don't you think it might be in your best self-interest to, uh, to, uh, you know, like, instruct the pit fiend of, uh, you know, the no, purpose Carl. at which Readings he's for been nerds. summoned? <laughs> and, uh, Readings for nerds. You should, uh, take the belt from it. <laughs> the, uh, okay, act, first acting on the command that was given by Carl, because we'll get, if you want to attempt something else, but first, Carl stands before the the fiend and says mighty creature of the underworld we've summoned you here for for one purpose and one purpose alone you are to make sure the ritual goes through as planned uh protected at all costs and and the fiend says ah you weakling summon me from the depths and make me do as you command yes for a few hours you'll have control of me but then I will have control of your souls for eternity. Hey, Belt. No, he's he's better than this. Yeah. Make him say no. Hey, uh, hey, demon brother. <laughs> hey, brother. Hey, brother. Uh, here, here's an idea. You know, you just got summoned here. It's like a new place. And let's be honest, these guys are nothing compared to you. You should eat some of them to pr- to uh, assert your dominance. Yeah. Yeah, that that's what you should do. Some people have an angel and a devil on their shoulders. This demon just has a pro wrestler on his shoulder. <laughs> do you think the voices make you more convincing, guys? Um, sure. <laughs> the demon... Okay, so there's that. And then, Matt, was it, were you trying to do another command as well before I interrupted you by having Carl's command go through? Um, I don't know. I, I kind of want to see what happens when Trent's plays out now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mine, mine was steal the belt. Now I'm kind of more interested in what happens <laughs> if the belt stays on. This could be a very strong ally if we play our cards right and are very lucky. Um, Glass, anything from you, Jeremy? I um, I am a little confused as to what... Or, do we have any information about what this ritual is? Is this the rich... Like, I know that in the in the rules, there's a ritual that can bring the the lich back. Is... Is to, would my character know anything about this? Uh, what what's happening here? Good point. So what you know is the ritual cannot take place until twenty four hours have passed. So this ritual that the the cultists just pulled off was to summon this pit fiend to basically like be as uber powerful bodyguard 
to make sure that the ritual can go through successfully because they don't know what forces are going to come and try to stop it. Got it. So the the cultists are trying to make the ritual happen and the mirror will be will be uh, I, I will be released from my curse if this ritual happens. No, the opposite. You will only be released from your curse if the ritual is stopped. Got it. Just to be clear, we don't know what the Horcrux is, but we do know that this ritual bring the lich, brings the Lich back. Uh, I mean, I can only correct. assume it's Carl, but we don't know if we know that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then with that in mind, I want to... The contest is that the the fiend is being tempted to eat the cultists instead of doing their bidding, right? The, the the fiend is being tempted to assert his personality by eating some of these cultists to show they can't just boss him around. Yes. And the cultists, you can expect that they will resist being eaten. Then I absolutely want that to happen. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They can't, you know, he's, he's their master. They can't just resist being eaten. Well, he's not their master. Actually, they are his master at this point because they've summoned him oh. with a spell. So they are going to be trying to kind of like use their magic to put him back in his place. Oh, perfect. He's returning to hell. <laughs> yes. Okay, no, I get you though. Let's see. You so Trent, you're helping the fiend attack yes. the cultist. Yes. The other two of you, you could betray, right? And help the fiend. However, just remember that if you're not successful, that you will um you will lose your ability to to tempt the hooded figure and it's it's basically dying in this game right you'll lose your ability to con control anything and you'll you'll just be you'll, you'll just have to, have to hope that trent can come save you guys somehow mm. i cannot abide the smell of sulfur <laughs> really I kind of love it. <laughs> so state state your intentions, players. Well, I don't uh, want to not be able to do anything. Yeah, I think seeing as I feel like trying to help the pit fiend is too risky right now, seeing as the the cultists have the upper hand. <laughs> okay, so now this is you know rules wise, this is a little bit shifty because uh, you're supposed to only be able to help with like let's see your your trait that you enhance is. Audacity. Yeah, I, I consider it very audacious to go in the face of your master's commands. I guess so. So so the so this isn't so much about like killing cultists. It's more about overcoming the spell. Yes. That works. And the, and the, 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 the display route for that is a, a brute physical ex expression. Yeah. Also, in the metagamey version, this is me trying to increase my stupid die by playing to this more on strengths. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, strength is his biggest stat, is the Pit Fiend's biggest stat in D&D. &D. So, unless somebody has a suggestion for something, that, you know, for whatever quality would be the, the, should be the Pit Fiend's biggest stat. Charisma. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> he's, he's got a very forceful know. personality. All right, let's see. I'll say... Uh, the, the, the Balrog had quite a presence. In uh, Moria. This is true. That's this true. is true. That's true. <laughs> I think yep. he's a D12 in general, because this is a full-on pit fiend, right? Yeah, that's he's why there's an entire cult pretty to tough. summon him. So he's he's a D12 in general, but he's going to be rolling with a, with a D10 for strength. So, Trent, you are going up to a D8. So that's a pretty Finally. nice upgrade. Uh, so he'll have a D10 
Uh, he is acting against the very spell that summoned him. So I'm going to say a minus two. Okay. Uh, but plus plus the but D8 plus from Trent. And then on the other side of this combat will be the cultist and the hooded figure. So that's going to be a D8 and a and another d8 uh and the two of you aren't helping at all right i don't no. think i can meanwhile uh d6 from carl is being added to the hooded figure so go ahead and trent roll your d10 and d8 okay so that's a seven plus two minus two so it's just a seven okay uh-oh all right very small number d8 for the ju- for the group of cultists that's a five for them Okay, and D8 plus D6. Four and five, so 14 total for their side? Yes. Okay, so 14 versus seven. For a team contest, add up the scores for the two sides. Those on the higher side win, those on the lower side lose. Anyone who scored lower than the difference is destroyed. So 14 versus seven, the difference is seven. So he didn't score lower than the difference. I scored the difference. So in this case, because the contest is seeing of whether he can overcome the spell, being destroyed in this case would be like completely losing his will to the spell and just being a puppet of their whims. So that doesn't quite happen, but he roars and he reaches out to to grab more cultists to eat and says, I'm I'm not your plaything. But the cultists start chanting louder and and a, a purple light emanates from their eyes and and he's his his hand stops before it grabs onto the nearest cultist to him and they say you must obey us that is the terms of the spell that is why you're here you cannot disobey our will and he the the fiend roars and the fire shoots out of his nostrils but he he is compelled to uh to stick with with what, what they're saying at this point. Well, you know, Jedrick 2.0, we tried. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hooded guy, you know how uh, that that pit fiend just tried to fight back at you guys? Uh, you know, it would really show your dominance and prove that you're his master is throwing the book at him. <laughs> <laughs> Both literally and... Think about how insulting that would be. You're You're the real master here. I, be- I believe the term is give him the book. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the uh, Carl actually. I'm, I'm, I'm just worried as all. Well. I don't want to. <laughs> no, <laughs> no it, it's good that you're taking action to do this. This is it's just I'm running through my head of like I'm doing two things at once of being like, OK, how well is the system working? All right. We're in a re- we're in one location. We've done three. This is the third contest that's going to happen in this location so far. OK, what We've am I going to do to make for three hours? <laughs> what am I going to do to make sure that <laughs> things start to shift up a little bit? So here's what's going to happen. All right. You say this command. And at the same time, Carl says, uh, it like, is, says uh, Carl says, um, hooded figure, you, you know, it's weird that you were about to kill that guy who agreed to to join your team. And now you're having a desire to throw the book that you need. I think it would be really in your best self-interest to uh, to remove the poniard and the glass. Clearly, they are uh, 
they are controlling you to do things that aren't in your best self-interest. In uh, in this moment, I would like to appeal to this cultist's sense of morality <laughs> and to make him realize all <laughs> <laughs> the <Holy> evil <laughs> that he has done. Yeah. Yes, in this moment, not any of the previous ones. I need to go apologize it's to my mother. <laughs> this one specifically. He has killed the inductee he brought in to bring to, to introduce to his his peers, his friends, and they didn't bet an eye. And now he's being controlled by these evil items um, to go through a, a, a book of who knows what evil is in there. I would like him to, I would like to uh, tempt him to uh, sort of change, change his, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think, find out how to word this in an in instinct, but maybe make him sort of realize that this cult that he's joined is maybe not the best idea for him, <laughs> right? Go rethink your life choices. And that he should take, he should, he should take this book and symbolically destroy it as he quits this cult. Interesting. Okay, so we've got a command. So we've got one temptation to throw the book at the demon. A second temptation to remove the items that are tempting him. And a third temptation to quit his career <laughs> as a cultist and go symbolically destroy the book. Now, this is something I haven't written into the into the rules of what to do when there are multiple temptations at the same time that are all in conflict. I'm going to make a new rule for this uh, because multiple people are attempting the same figure. And um, one is tempting to do something based on charisma, one based on self-interest, and one based on uh, instinct, instincts of morality. And let's see. So I'm going to have... Each of you roll and I will, I will, uh, just whoever rolls highest is going to be the command that he immediately does. And in the future, if you want to try to command him again, you, you still can, but I am also going to give Jeremy a minus one modifier for the especially difficult role because he is trying to appeal to this cultist's sense of instinct. Or is this called this sense of morality? So uh, go ahead and Matt, <laughs> roll your die. Okay. That's a four. Okay. And can you roll for Carl a d6? Yeah. One. <laughs> one for Carl. <laughs> and Jeremy, go ahead and roll yours with uh, your minus one modifier. Four minus one is three. Three. Uh, okay. The hooded figure grabs the book and then grabs for the items and then clutches his heart and he's like, ah, you know, frustrated for a second, doesn't know what to do and then hurls the book towards the <laughs> demon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you, in this in this goal of, of throwing the book at the demon, I, I don't really think this needs to be a contest that I'm rolling because <laughs> this isn't like you're trying to kill the demon with the book, right? Like, no. you just wanted to get the book out of out of this guy's hands. Yeah. So you throw the the book, bounces off the demon's large chest, and he he reaches down and picks it up off the ground and says, Ah, the incantation 
Yes, it is my duty to make sure this ritual goes through as planned. So I should, uh, I should hold on to this, indeed. Um, and then oh. he, <laughs> he says, Now, you miserable little cultists, tell me where this ritual will take place, and I, I will go there at once to make sure that we have the area set apart. 